heroism isn't being without fear. It's like, you know, making the choice, yes, making the choice despite, in spite of. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, all that to say, I say that as a, as a preamble to when he, when he uh, goes to save Aerie, I get a lot of young kids, man, that approach me and they're like, I hate Aerie. I hate that Muriel lost his quirk, right? And it's always the same story. They're like, I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid that he yielded his power. And I get it because when you watch, like we said, Naruto, you know, these, these shows where you want your character to become more powerful, mm -hmm. you want them to become, have agency in the world. You want them to be able to kick the bad guy's fucking ass, right? Like you want them just to like destroy it. Um, for Mirio, it, it's um, in, in him losing his quirk, even though it's saying, see, he could have just let it go through. Bullet maybe would have hit Harry what it's her blood does it take away her quirk i don't know we don't know right um we all we know is that the guy who reads emotion says he's doing this for the girl i'm going to shoot at the girl and he's going to take the bullet for the girl he does so um predictably all the villains array the invincible kids not invincible anymore and no between when he says you're powerless mirio straight up throws uh uh a corona at at, at overhaul and says uh you know <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm not powerless. I'm still the million. Like, like literally the fight is still going because it's not in a world where everyone bases, bases your value on your quirk. That's what makes you special. You can make, you could say it's a metaphor for money, agency, whatever, education. <clears throat> Even without a quirk, Mirio knows what he's about. And he's trained, he's done he, that support system, man. Like I said, supportive dad, his best friend Amajiki, who like thinks the world of him. Um, Sir Nidai, not even mentioning the guy who can freaking look into your future. And yeah. tell you with certainty, I know you're going to be amazing. Hey guys, it's your host Julian. This week I sit down with Rico Fajardo, the voice of Lemillion from My Hero Academia. We chat about his journey through Disney, acting, and then getting cast as one of the biggest roles from My Hero Academia. I'm really convinced that Rico 100% is a true superhero. You'll understand when you hear some of the stories, not only on my podcast, but on Ricky Vang's Spoiler Force podcast. Shout out to the homie. Uh, I want to thank you guys for sticking around these last 100 episodes, man. It means the world to me. We truly go plus ultra on this episode, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks. Rico, man. Episode 100. So I already put it out there, man. I said it. Episode 100, ladies I know. You literally, the first thing you said was fucking episode 100. <laughs> 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 Right. Episode I think we just do all of it right away. So. <laughs> oh, man, I hope you forget to hit that button once or twice. Uh, episode 100, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, here we are with Rico, man. Uh, it should have been everybody? episode Lemillion, but here we are, man. Like I said, I, 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 I knew I had to get you on as soon as I heard you on my buddy Ricky's podcast, the Spoiler Forts podcast. Now, oh, he's great. I won't. Oh, man, he's phenomenal, dude. I, I hope he keeps I hope he keeps on keeping on, man, because I really dig his content every week. Um, so. The story I heard, and I, I just knew I had to get you on right after this, um, was, and I won't make you retell that story. So if you want to hear that story, you got to go check out Ricky's uh, Ricky's podcast. Oh, but it was the, man. yeah, man, you got to plug. You got to bring everybody up, man. There's plenty of, <laughs> there's plenty of room at the table, man. You just got to make a little room. Uh, so the story with you and the little girl in Disney. Dude, oh, that one. Yeah. That one. I'm still working on this dark chocolate. So ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. It's THC and dark chocolate. It's phenomenal. It works wonders for your bodies. Um, but uh, that story was so beautiful. Dude, it moved me to tears. I, I looked at you 
And I was like, this dude is a real superhero, man. He is everything and then some. And I've never even met you in real life, but I heard this story, dude, and it made me fucking cry, dude. It, oh, it, man. You're a beautiful soul, you, man. Thanks, dude. I, I don't know. I, I worked at Disney for uh, a couple years during undergrad, and I grew up I'm second generation. So like my family, we were actually, I know you guys didn't hear what we were talking about before, because we just started recording. We're chit-chatting about like history and background. And for me, uh i'm i'm second generation which actually means that i was born here my family was not mm-hmm. um they're from all over um but uh to to kind of just go from there i i decided from a military family i'm the only kid in the in the family to not join the service uh more or less i um uh you know grandfather navy actually like yourself yeah. uh, my father my uncle uh army I have cousins on Air Force, everyone like total military, like, and it's a pretty typical thing for like first generation uh, Americans to be like, we want, you know, government jobs, something nice and secure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, well, I'll be an actor. And I was like, oh man, my family's like, that is <laughs> the opposite of like, literally like you are damaging the family. This is the worst choice you could make. But um, I went ahead and did it, uh, you know, you know, didn't have any support really. And other than the, like, if you're going to do it, you got to figure out how to do it. So um, went to Antelope Valley College, got my two-year transfer, and I transferred to UC Irvine, which is in Southern California, which is where Disneyland is. Yeah. So uh, I figured I should be doing an entertainment job while I'm trying to, uh, you know, learn how to be a professional actor. Um, auditioned for some roles. Uh, by the way, like for all my Disney friends out there, you know that we never say like that we are a character or we play a character. We always say uh, we're good friends with. It keeps the magic for the kids. Yeah. So like, you know, if we're walking through the store, um, you know, and, and like, you know, some kids like, oh, my God, oh, this actually happened. My friend Lindsay and I, she uh, was good friends with Jasmine and I was good friends with Aladdin. And we're at Target and this little kid is like, oh, mom, it's Aladdin and Jasmine, <laughs> like in plain clothes. And I was like, oh, my God, he totally noticed us. And then Lindsay's a total flirt. She's like, yeah, like hanging off me and stuff. And we weren't dating. I'm like, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> You're ruining. You're freaking about like. I don't because for me it's so special like especially for a kid's perspective on the world it's so uh you know kids can be kids could say some really really up things sometimes like because the honesty right it's just there however their their perspective on the world is usually so uh pure and sweet and just like uh open Mm -hmm. and so when you're at disney man and, and these kiddos like uh are looking at you and just giving you all of that like like belief that faith it's 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 potent man even if you're wearing a big fuzzy costume and you know you know tigger gets headbutted in the belly and then doubles over in pain because that's not his belly (laughs) but uh yeah man working at the parks i know for disney especially like all the layoffs and things are coming back now as the pandemic eases off uh hopefully knock on wood um uh it's, I know some folks have some, some difficulty working with the mouse. I had a great time, man. I had a great time. Again, grew up pretty, pretty humble, like in regards to like monies and, and, and things like that. So I definitely respected that when families came out to the park, they told us something like most families can afford to come out to Disney 1.5 times in their life. So yes. odds are, if you're seeing someone, Uh, a family there that might be the only time you ever see them and the only time they ever get a chance to be out there so it's like you really invest in wanting to make it a special experience and it's always about the the you know the 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 guests i'm also a fan of disney so i enjoy it um and they got star wars it's so cool um but like and marvel they got everything all the infinity stones dude mickey's freaking too powerful (laughs) (laughs) oh boy oh 
<laughs> snap no but uh yeah man um it, uh that story uh which i told if we check ricky's podcast uh had the absolute pleasure to make uh, a family's day um when i was working working with aladdin with al who's just a, a street rat uh he didn't have ja- has jasmine that day so he can just parkour around adventureland which is like delightful yeah so, i mean imagine running around in like baggy pants and a, and a, and a vest and just you know <laughs> noodling and watching people it's it's terrific and i think that's found its way into a lot of things i do is just the appreciation for uh for people and for the storytelling and i got suddenly emotional because i thought about uh buddy uh billy kemitz who just passed uh recently um cancer and he also was good friends with al with aladdin and there's a special kind of spirit i think one has to have when playing a character who comes from humble like humble stock um but still looks at the world in a way that is like, you know, um, you know, whole new world. You can, you can make it however you, you please. And like your value isn't based on how much money or hat you have, you yeah. know, it's, it's the diamond in the rough kind of thing. And so uh, rest in, rest in peace, Billy. Um, you are missed and loved and thank you for your light and energy. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's really special. It's really special to, again, I'm trying to like not tell the story because I want to like people make sure you click on, on uh, Ricky's thing. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one second, please. All right, and we're back, man. So you were just talking about a friend that is no longer here. So I've had this come up quite a few times where I've had people on that were really close with somebody uh, that we all loved uh, in, in the in, in animation, anime, entertainment industry. Uh, and what I absolutely love to do, uh, because I don't think it's done enough, is do you have a favorite memory, memory of your friend? Do you have one um, that comes to mind whenever you think about him? The thing that keeps popping up for me, I mean, the only interaction we, we've ever had was during the pandemic, we played a bunch of video games together. Yeah. And, uh, but people have told me about him constantly. It's like one of these, he's a work colleague, you know, like, or I guess not even, we worked on shows, but like not directly. Mm-hmm. Um, also another thing with anime and video games is usually recorded in isolation. And only when you hear it later, are you like, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but um, so many people around him, I, I'd known and met. And people would keep saying to me, they're like, oh man, like you get along great with Billy. Like you guys have the same energy, same this. And that was the thing that everyone kept saying. I was like, who is this guy? I got to meet him because I feel like, you know, um, my good friend Tia Ballard, we talk about, uh, you know, big, big nerds. We're talking about D&D and like how like everyone, every uh, uh, kind of group of friends in their life have like, we each have like party, party members and roles we fill. Mm-hmm. Um, and it changes based on like alchemy stuff. Like you and I are hanging out. You might be the one who's like leading the way, or like, I might kind of be hanging back, keeping an eye out. Um, but like for, um, or when I was talking with Tia, I'm like, there are some people in life that I feel are like champions that are always yeah. trying to lift people up. Um, no matter whatever the case, like you might not have the strength necessarily yourself, but you still see in others um the potential and like the the best version of them hopefully mm-hmm. even if they're not in it at that moment you're like no nah, i can see that and it's it's there's like a weird sort of a th- like quick way that you can just go like oh i see what this person's about and i want to help bring out that that part of them uh, my friend uh, tia's got that and based on everything i've interactions i've had with billy online mostly and like you know pe- the way that people talk about him he's gone because everyone's you know feeling so much yeah um he was as well I'm confident in that he was a that that champion archetype of the people that like, and actually there were like I'd be playing a game and I'm like so wait what's happening like we're playing Dead by Daylight and Billy's like well what you need to do he's like yeah you can do that and like this he's like so quick to want to like help and like yeah. lift up and be like ah you know 
like, no, you probably shouldn't teabag Rico. That's going to make him angry. I'm like, <laughs> like uh, here, hang on. Can I? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Immediately just get murked by the, by the, like, oh, you pissed me off. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. I always play Bill from, um, yeah, that was the one j- joke we had, I guess. Like, I think of one, like, specific memory is that I was like, we were talking about Bill from Left 4 Dead because he's in, he's in Dead by Daylight. Mm-hmm. Um, zombie left for dead's a zombie game zombie horde survival it's four play four player squad based shooter and then uh you know dead by daylight you're, you're all running away for four squad against a, a killer yeah and uh i would always play bill and i would just be like do like my old man voice and i'd be like please don't kill me in my old ball <laughs> like <laughs> and so yeah we would just constantly be trolling like uh making old man voices and yeah such so just a lovely bright light of a spirit and that's like uh yeah so even though it's mostly comical i guess the specific memories i have i think that's probably right on point for like you know the the kind of energy i would like to carry forward from memories of of him it's beautiful man thank you for sharing that story and like i said i know it's still raw but anytime that we can when somebody is no longer here man the, the one thing i learned and i don't know if you know who he is um but he he did this little movie uh called the book of life jorge gutierrez right one of my favorite animators of all time. Um, and I talked to him literally two days after my father-in-law passed away back in February. <clears throat> and um, he, the, the movie, the book of life uh, is a, he's a, he's a Mexican animator. And it's a, it's a story about um, these little characters that are wooden puppets that uh, Manolo is the main character. He dies. Um, and then he comes back and then he's talking about, you know, we, we, we lose the people that we've lost. So when somebody dies, right. Um, we lose them completely when we stop talking about them. Right. Uh, and he, and you know, Jorge broke it down. He was like, I want to know what my favorite friend ate so I can eat what he was eating. I want to know what my, 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 my grandmother, what her yeah. movie was so I can watch that movie. Cause he's like, and I got goosebumps and I'm trying not to fucking cry, but it's, it's when we start talking about these people, we're right here. And he told me this, he wrapped up this whole beautiful story and I'm doing such a horrible job trying to, trying to articulate what he said, but he was like, that's why we got married on the day that me and my wife got married on the day of the dead. He was like, because I wanted my best friend there. I wanted my grandparents there. He was like, I knew they were there because we all told stories and it was such a beautiful way of looking at it. And then, like I said, I've I've done this before where I have people on, if somebody is no longer here, I was like, I want, I want the stories to keep going. I want their name to never die. Even though their physical being is no longer here, they are still here with us because of the story you just told the story that everybody else is going to tell, man. So like I said, thank you for sharing that story. I was actually looking for a book because you brought up D and i haven't played in quite some time uh but me and my buddies used to play every wednesday and every monday we would play online uh, we'd play through uh, roll 20 um, because everybody was in a different state but once we had our second child i've got a almost in two weeks he'll be one year old uh time goes by quick as shit man i've got a 13 12 year old and then a one year old right we had to start over Oof, i suppose what a spread man you want to talk about uh just rolling the dice. I mean, you, <laughs> that is you the dice. Call it, well, you could call it an accident, but if you don't use protection, you don't pull out. I mean, it's not really an ah, come accident. Come on, you know man. I mean? You're, no, you, that was a, uh, I don't know, what, what kind of roll would that be? A luck oh, roll? Oh, that or was a, a uh, uh, I mean. You having, roll for, roll for uh, uh, not stamina or what is <laughs> Vitality. Can you roll for a virility, virility check? Yeah, that's, that's what it was, man. And I fucking got a nat 20 for <laughs> sure. 
<laughs> but it's great, like, man, because I, I for for the oldest one that you met when, when we had to pause, uh, the first four years of his life, I was gone, right? I was in the Navy, right. deployment, sure. deployment, deployment. I did not see him at all. So I missed first words, first steps. Mm -hmm. I missed first boo-boos. I missed fucking mm -hmm. diaper changes. I missed everything. Mm -hmm. And with the exception of him being gone for three days when they all went back to Massachusetts to you know, visit with some family and everything like that once the father-in-law passed away, that's the only time I've been away from him in 360, almost 365 days, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's cool. I've gotten to see first words. I've gotten to see first steps. I've gotten to see everything I miss. And it doesn't seem, I don't want to say it's like I'm getting to redo something, but I'm getting to redo something, something that I missed out on when I was a lot younger and I was in the military. So it's, it's fucking cool, man. It's cool being a dad. That's what I got to say. Yeah, man. So. Oh man, I'm grateful for you. Like you need that, that spirit, like, uh, because it ain't, you know, the job, the job ain't easy, but for the guys out there that are like, you know, rocking it, I feel my brother is a terrific dad and my nephews like are, are good evidence of that. You can always yeah. see it the way it, it comes out in the, you know, the kiddos. Um, so yeah, I'm grateful that you said that. That's good. You know, best who's my, one of my good friends, like best gig in town, man, best gig in town yeah, being man. a dad. I was like, man, make me, make, gonna make me randomly impregnate. No, well, probably not randomly. I should probably. <laughs> No, no, no. You better um, say that. You better start bleeping that shit out before she comes in there. <laughs> hey there, I'm Isaiah, and welcome to my channel, 47 Cartoon Guy, a channel dedicated to all things animation and nostalgia. I do retrospectives, short comedic videos, and remember videos. If I can get away with it, that is. I have many videos dedicated to some of my favorite animation properties, such as nostalgic lookbacks on Cartoon Network's Golden Age. And also videos focusing on Scooby-Doo, one of my favorite cartoons of all time. My most recent series, The Fantastic Legacy of Hanna-Barbera, dives into the history of the legendary animation studio and its founders. If you love my videos, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and click the bell icon so you'll know when I have a new video up. And also consider donating to my Patreon, where you can support the channel and get early access to videos, behind the scenes pics, and even view exclusive future remember videos. Thanks for watching and I hope to see you soon. Until next time, I'm 47 Cartoon Guy and I gotta fly. Hey man, so we're, we're about uh, 20 minutes into it. So we gotta get to to, to why we're here, man. Lamillion, mm. right? The character, like your oh, character. Oh, it's not my hero? Man, I'm out of here. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. You're, the character you play, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking my hero right now. Your character, especially spoiler, if you haven't seen as far as we're into it, ladies and gentlemen, you just got to pause this here and go back and watch all yeah, five Yeah, if you haven't seen season four, started season four of My Hero Academia, you might want to brace for spoilers or, you know, just listen and be like, wow, I really, maybe I'll go and watch it based on because of what they said. Yeah, that's what I do all the time. <clears throat> if I see some, somebody talking about something, I'm like, man, let's see what's going on. Because I always get a different perspective of something, right? So sure. she says one thing, she says something else. I'm like, hmm, I'm going to I'm gonna think about that, but I'm going to watch it and see yeah. what really happens. But season four, man. I got to say, there's there's a couple times in the series that has hit me so hard and just just anger, whether it's anger, whether it's sadness, whether it's happiness. Yeah. And your top three, right, for sure. You're probably you're tied with you and uh, All Might's flame being extinguished for the first time right? or for, for the only time, really, when he loses right. his powers. Right. Yeah. Um, when Lemillion is fighting overhaul right and he's protecting eerie mm. and he literally does what a hero is supposed to do what a superhero is supposed to do is shred 
their fucking their their being their their soul their physical being their mental being and lay everything in between you and the person and the bad person right and that's what that character did that fucking i remember sitting there seeing that for the first time i didn't know i knew what i was gonna expect now i wasn't a huge it's not like i'm not a huge lemillion fan because i love every single character in the show there is not one dull character and you can't say that about really any show there is not one episode that's a filler dragon ball z i'm talking to you there's not naruto Naruto. yeah (laughs) so with with my hero I'm not just saying this because you're on because I've had so many people on and we've talked my hero in depth. I think my hero is a perfect show. There's not one character that doesn't get enough play. There's not one character where they start something in one season and they don't wrap it up or tell you like, oh shit, there's more to this story coming for this character. They are all like living in the world, whether or not you see them, yes. which is like, that's be- that is beautiful storytelling. Because yes. meanwhile, you know, it's, it's, Horikoshi does such a good job with each of his characters and he's he is such a nerd every single thing he puts in his show is like a love letter to (laughs) every piece of Mirio and overhaul I mean if you look at that fight like in the comic or in the manga it's freaking death of Superman you get the red tattered cape you get the spikes coming out of the ground like um like doomsday Mm -hmm. um you know it's it's a and Lemillion like looks like his whole costume his whole thing right yes um but yeah, man, he's he's in a, a one specifically. Mirio is a wonderful character. I, I tell a story sometimes about how um, <clears throat> his his quirk, first and foremost, is something I always like to lay out. Is that uh, everyone's quirk kind of reflects a bit about them. And for when they mention the big three, I'm I'm a bit of a theater nerd. I like to dig into all this and be like, what do they mean by that? <clears throat> it's each character represents something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nejere Hado. Uh, uh, hey 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 hey. Add right she's got ADD like it's what it seems like right um and they are the big three so that's one of the things you run into high school number two you got uh social anxiety please mm-hmm. don't talk to me Tamaki Amajiki is like no <laughs> just imagine their potatoes it's not working Mirio <laughs> and then you have outgoing sunny happy Mirio and his is depression mm-hmm. um when Mirio uses his quirk and he falls and in, falls into the earth he falls like falls um and I practice parkour falling can be very scary um, especially straight down. Um, he's naked. Yeah. He can't breathe. He can't hear. He can't see. And he says, I feel like I could fall forever. Um, the, the way he describes his quirk, as terrifying as it is, um, like it's a it's hundred million percent like depression. Uh, and because then when he tells the class 1A afterward, he goes like, I figured out like, it's all like, I'm going to, we're all going to fall. Like mm-hmm. heroes sometimes get hurt. Um, sometimes the people you're trying to save get hurt. You fail. Uh, you go all in. Sometimes they die. Heroes die. Um, but how you come out of it, knowing that you're going to fall and knowing how you're going to come out of it. Um, I realized that that is what it's all about because we're all going to fall. And it's about, it's about re reinvesting in what is yes. important to you. If you are going to be a hero um, and staying committed and staying consistent, which is so much of what Mirio is about. Um, it, it, like, and his quirk beca- permeation where he lets things flow through him, like nothing can hurt him. Yes. It's gotta be so like when you are clear about what you want in this life, who you are, um, what you intend to do, there is no latency between the choice of, do I do this or not? The path is always clear always, which is something that is, I think a lot of us as humans struggle all the time. Cause we're always growing and changing. But I think specifically for Mirio, he's got an amazing dad. I play his dad, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Mirio's dad's like, Mirio, are you sure you want to be a hero? Your dad tried to do it. And it you know, it's <laughs> scary. 
Um, by the way, they even illustrate Mirio with like cuts on his arms. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like Horikoshi's telling you, man, he's like, this yeah. kid's dealing with a lot, but he is like so positive. Like some of the most oppressed people we know in our lives are like such bright shining beacons because they know what it's like to literally be in dark darkness half the time. If Wolverine draws his claws and it hurts every time for Mirio, he, he is scared every time. Like it, it, what is, it's not right. Heroism isn't being without fear. It's like, you know, making the choice. Yes. Making the choice despite, in spite of. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, all that to say, I say that as a, as a preamble to when he, when he uh, goes to save Aerie, I get a lot of young kids, man, that approach me and they're like, I hate Aerie. I hate that Mirio lost his quirk, right? And yeah. it's always the same story. They're like, I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid that he yielded his power. And I get it because when you watch, like we said, Naruto, you know, these, these shows where you want your character to become more powerful. Mm -hmm. You want them to become, have agency in the world. You want them to be able to kick the bad guy's fucking ass, right? Like you want them just to like destroy it. Um, for Mirio, it, it's um, in, in him losing his quirk, even though it's saying, see, he could have just let it go through. Bullet maybe would have hit Harry. What? It's her blood. Does it take away her quirk? I don't know. We don't know, right? Um, we All we know is that the guy who reads emotions says, he's doing this for the girl. I'm going to shoot at the girl and he's going to take the bullet for the girl. He does so um, predictably. All the villains array, the invincible kid's not invincible anymore. And no, between when he says you're powerless, Mirio straight up throws uh, uh, a Corona at, at, at overhaul and says, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not powerless. I'm still the million. Like, like literally the fight is still going because it's not in a world where everyone bases, bases your value on your quirk. That's what makes you special. You can make, you could say it's a metaphor for money, agency, whatever education, <clears throat> even without a quirk, Mirio knows what he's about. And he's trained, he's done he, that support system, man. Like I said, supportive dad, his best friend, Amajiki, who like thinks the world of him. Um, Sir Nidai, not even mentioning the guy who can freaking look into your future and yeah. tell you with certainty, I know you're going to be amazing. There is no doubt of whether or not you're going to become one of the most exceptional heroes. I do know you have to work really hard. And what's funny, man, is I have a letter here somewhere. I'm going, I have these old boxes of stuff. I just moved, right? So I got these boxes of old things. I'm a total sentimental kid. I got like a bunch of, actually, Disney, hang on. Safe D begins with me from Disney. <laughs> I have like a bunch of stuff I keep, but um, all that said, uh, I have a letter from, in high school when I graduated and uh, Brent Matthews, my, my high school teacher, uh, he wrote each of the graduating seniors a letter. And he said, uh, if you have any doubt of whether or not you think you could do this acting thing, I know you can. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to require some education and things to get in there, but you have everything that it takes. I can see all the raw things that are going to help you be successful in this industry. So if you want, if you want it, you got to go to college, you got to do these things. And I still have that letter. And having a mentor, someone who believes in you, who's seen the thing and can say, I see everything that's going down. You can make this happen, man. You are invincible. You have the, like, when you, if you have a really good support system, man, uh, it, like something as scary as falling, like, isn't so scary. You know what I mean? Like you, you just, you just keep pushing forward. So yeah. And then of course, uh, you know, the whole, I think a big thing about my heroes, the, the passing forward of power, um, and so All Might, obviously, Horikoshi has a thing with hair, you know, eat my hair. And that's how, that's how Midoriya gains the power and, and going from no quirk to now all the quirks, which is incredible. And what does that mean? 
he has to earn it. He has to create a, uh, you can't just give it. You also have to have the ability to, to withstand it, which I think is a beautiful. Yeah. You got to build the foundation. Like just because I cut you a billion dollar check doesn't mean you're going to do good things with the world of it. I mean, you have power, but it's like, what are you going to do? You could totally wreck yourself. Right. When he went, I forget, what is it? Like if he does it too hard, he could like just blow his arm off. He's like, Oh my God. Who was where I think uh, Midori was worried for uh, Manoma at one point because Manoma can like copy quirks, mm-hmm. and he's like, if he gets this, he might just explode in front of him. Yeah, <laughs> which is like horrifying. But um, my son's yeah. eyes perked up when he he because he looked because he started talking when Midori started talking. He was like, yeah. oh no, he's gonna steal his quirk. And he looked at me and he was like eleven at the time, ten or whatever. So his eyes are really yeah. wide. He's like, Dad, he's gonna blow up. And I was like. Nah, they're not going to do that. And he was like, and then he started jumping. I was like, man, well, he might blow up. He might blow up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I, I think um, to, just to go back to like how things are, are passed forward, like Midoriya has to, has to create this foundation or to hold uh, one for all. Um, when Miria loses quirk and, and passes forward, like you don't think, again, I said kiddos like don't like losing power. They don't like yeah. feeling like they don't have agency. A lot of us don't feel like, obviously, like <laughs> sucks, sucks to yeah. suck, right? Sucks not to have power um, or agency in your life. But Mirio, uh, through that action, there are many things in life, I think, that are on, um, uh, what do you call it? They are hard to track. The, I had a word for this that I read in a book recently that was just really poignant. And it was something like the un- intangibles. Oh, the intangibles. Something. I was getting ready to say that word, but I was like, perfect. Thank you. Well, literally, well, we're, we're here. I, yeah. I, it's those things in life, man, that like, you know, you do something good for someone. You don't see the karmatic law, right? But what ends up happening, because Ari, who is convinced she's, been, she's an abused young person, uh, all she knows in her life is her lack of value told by her surrogate father, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've ever been in an abusive household, you know, like, that's how it is. Like you're how, what is happening? That is your, that is your reality. You cannot see outside of that. The only thing that can break you outside of that is when someone gives you value. Um, yes. well, there's a handful of ways, but one of which is if someone, for instance, like Mirio says, you're worth it. Um, and you see them take an L for you, like take a yeah. hit for you. And when someone sacrifices for you, man, anyone, I mean, it could be your parents, you know, it could be a sibling, could be just a random stranger you are now connected to the fabric of, of everything, right? It's yes. like when you see one for all going to, you know, yeah. the user, like you are now responsible because I've shown you that you have value. And then you also, that, that love like reflects right back. So what does Ari do? Instead of going back to overhaul, clinging to Mirio's tattered cape, like a security blanket, she turns around and goes to Midoriya. And Midoriya's so like, powerful. oh crap, she might not go. She, she literally is going to walk, walk to him. And if she goes to him, I'm screwed. And she comes to Midoriya and then he can now become infinite, you know, infinite uh, Deku uh, or, you know, uh, Ultra Instinct or no, that was yeah, that's right. Ultra Instinct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you like Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah. But that's like, totally like he can, yeah. he can perpetually be in this state of like, you know, I'm destroying myself, but I'm also healing at this yes. rapid rate, which is like so cool. Right. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know, man, this, this, like you said, it's, uh, I also, I do feel, and I'm, I want to wait for the ending before I like grant it the big, the big, uh, dub it the best, you know, perfect story kind of yeah. thing, because you never know, like we've been hurt before with endings, like Game of Thrones, all these different things. I uh, think we're in good hands with Horikoshi. I think we're in really good hands with Horikoshi because he, he's done a wonderful job with the characters and the storytelling. Absolutely, man. He, he is a, a master at his craft. And one thing, two things I want to circle back to. One, what was that teacher's name again? Brent Matthews. 
Mr. Matthews, Mr. man. Do you know Matthews. if he's still around? Mr. Matthews. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's not, and who are friends on Facebook? Every yeah. once in a while, he'll like something on my Instagram. It's usually something like if I'm like with a fan at like a, a convention because he's also a big comic book nerd. Yeah. So I think he he got he got some joy out of seeing me do anime. I mean, I didn't know I was going to be doing anime, man. But you know, here I am. <laughs> well, there's there's something special about a teacher. And we all have at least one, right? Or you're lucky enough to get one. I've got. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've got two specifically. I did not like school. School didn't like me. Um, I, I had a, I had an Italian teacher. Her name was Miss Ray, Soraya Ray phenomenal teacher man she i would literally read the same how old are you by the way if you don't mind me asking shoot google says she is, i think it's uh 38 okay <laughs> god damn you're a young looking man right for 38 Thanks, man you look good um pull off my pull off my mission <laughs> impossible mask scooby do the yeah. shit out of this <laughs> let's see who's really under there <laughs> <laughs> but uh um fuck where was i going with that we starting to kick in uh anyways um you know so i was reading the same book i don't know if you read this one growing up you remember a book called holes yes i never read it though oh phenomenal book dude i would read I know the same. i heard it hang on i, I gotta write that same. down what's that i'm gonna write it down Okay. It really, really good, man. Uh, book is Lewis, uh, Lewis Sacher, I believe is the, the author. Mm -hmm. uh, right. Shia LaBeouf was the, the, the actor in, in the movie. Um, phenomenal movie too. Uh, but I would read the same couple books because I knew how they ended. And I was like, I never wanted to be disappointed with the book. There's nothing worse than when you don't like to read and you go and get a book and then you're just, oh, and it's, yeah. <laughs> and I will not give up on a book because I don't want to lose. Right. I feel like it's losing. I have a very competitive, uh, energy or competitive lifestyle, I, especially it, if it's for reading. It, like, I'm gonna, well, it's just I'll with it's with every you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna read the shit out of this book. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's good, but it's also bad because, uh, like, I I use everything. Like, I, I it's not like I gotta win, and it's winning is all. But I like I get very. It's that's my driving factor. Right? Like I gotta win. I gotta do this. I gotta do this. Playing competitive sports since I was like seven or eight years old, and that's all you're really in. You gotta go. You gotta be the one. You gotta do this. You gotta do that. You gotta be better. It's just work ethic. I really is what I really think it is. Mm -hmm. When it comes to reading, I will not get beat by a book ever. Right? <laughs> I will finish. I will, yes, <laughs> I will throw this book and say fuck you after I read it. Right, I, I win. Um, but I would read the same couple books, Maniac McGee, uh, which was another great, great kids book, um, and and then Holes. And I'm, I would skip into Miss Ray's class. And I took all four years of Italian because when I was younger, I wanted to be in the mafia. I didn't know what the mafia really was until I, I know my grandpa would sit here and we would watch Goodfellas and I would only see rest in peace, rest in peace, Ray Liotta. I would only see yeah. the first maybe two and a half minutes of Goodfellas, right? So you would see, we always wanted to wear the good clothes. You know, nobody ever messed with them. We ate good food. They played cards and, you know, they, they would play music and shit like that. Nobody messed with them. I was like, yeah, well, I like eating pasta. Yeah, I like, I like playing cards. I don't want to be talking down to i don't want to be told what to do i want to wear nice suits which i don't wear suits i wear t i would dress like i'm fucking 16 i wear <laughs> this betty white white ranger t-shirt yes and i wear yes. cargo shorts right so this my style i dress like a 16 year old right so it wasn't until i'm like i want to say 12 13 i get the uh oh, what was his name the teflon don can't think of his name john Gotti. i get his autobiography and I'm, I'm reading it. And my mom was so excited that I, I bought a book from books a million right? or, or whatever the other one was um, Barnes and Nobles uh, that she was like, just get whatever you want, get whatever you want. So I slid it underneath my little sister and my little brother's books that they were buying. So she didn't see it. She just swiped the card 
my son's going to be a reader. He's going to make something of himself, right? Um, you know, so I'm reading this. Yeah, see, you're going to make something of yourself, see? Yeah. See? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so Sorry. I'm, no, you're fine. I'm reading it, and then I go, Mom, what's a Colombian necktie? And she's like, what the fuck are you asking me about a Colombian necktie? I was like, well, Mom, it's in the book. She's like, where'd you get the book from? I'm like, Mom, it's literally the book. You, you bought it for me. I was like, you literally just bought it. <laughs> Me that shit and she threw it out the window driving down the interstate i never got no. to finish that book yeah i never got to finish that book so for the longest time this is before the internet ladies and gentlemen i couldn't google columbia necktie i'm glad i didn't i'm glad i didn't have the internet back then don't don't google that shit lady you'll be put on a list um but i i remember just like oh, i want to be in the mafia and then i didn't want to be in the mafia after i found out you know all this crazy shit was happening but i was in italian class so i could watch the godfather and not have to watch subtitles i just that was my only goal for for taking all four years of italian i wanted to be able to watch the godfather that's awesome that's i didn't so get cool. yeah i didn't get to, it didn't, i got like halfway through and i was like fuck this man it's just it's too much <laughs> but nonetheless man that teacher i got to skip into her class and i'm reading the same book that i read for fucking years i knew everything about it holes she snatches out of my hand. She's like, will you read a real book? And I was like, well, <clears throat> uh, that's, I don't know if you know this, Miss Ray, but that is a real book. I checked it out from this library. I just never returned it three years ago. And she was like, read this. And she takes of Mice of Men off, off the shelf mm. and hands it to me. It's like fucking 70 pages. And I wouldn't go to my next class anyway. So I just skipped and I read the entire book in like an afternoon type of thing. It was like an hour and a half, two hours. And I'm amazed. I'm blown away. And I was like, what do you have next? And she would bring in books from her own home and give them to me to read. And she's like, bring them back if you want to, if not, keep them. All right. So she, she introduced me to Stephen King. She introduced me to, oh, to, to so many, so many great authors. Right. And I, I will forever be indebted. She's my favorite teacher of all time. Like she would call in and check up on me. You know, she would ask oh, me how my family's that. doing, you know, every time I would come home when I was in the military, she was coming over to see us, oh, you know, dude, she was such a lucky man. That's so cool. Real dude. lucky. Yeah, yeah. Real lucky, man. And, and anytime, like I said, teachers have, in my opinion, the hardest job in the world. And you are literally molding the minds of our replacements. Right. So when you get a good teacher and there, I've had so many shitty teachers and I was a shitty student. So it's not a hundred percent. It's like a 50, 50 thing, you know, but it's, it's whenever you get a good teacher, man, like Mr. Matthews and Miss Ray, uh, fucking hats off to you guys, man. Uh, you know, I really applaud what you guys do. Um, but getting back to you, man, when I say that, that you were cast perfect for this character from the story that you have to go to Ricky's podcast to check out, ladies and gentlemen, do it. Uh, just do it. <laughs> Don't sue me, Nike. Um, but, and then you, you were perfectly cast your energy, your voice, like any, like I can close my eyes and it's not just because I know your voice and this character, but it's just like your energy, how you talk, how you how, just, how you converse and how you're working through life and the stories. I'm like, you're fucking, you're Lemillion. <laughs> like Colleen did such a fucking great job, man. Colleen, hats off to you too. How did you get to this show though? Is what I really wanted to know, man. I was on vacation. It's actually kind of a, uh, so I, I always say I'm an actor. I rarely ever say like I'm a voice actor, but in this case I could, I can say this was a peril specifically for voice actors yeah. Um, because I can get auditions that I can record on my phone. Thank goodness we can, we have high quality <laughs> enough phones. Oh man, my little Mario. Um, but like, uh, I got the audition for, for, for my hero season three slash four, um, while I was on vacation mm -hmm. and I had to turn it in. Um, Colleen specifically asked for me for, to read for, uh, the new villain and the new hero. Um, 
Didn't know their names. Didn't know what they were. Uh, all I got were the sides. I was in Destin, Florida. I like this little like country club golf thing with like my, my uh, partner's uh, father lives as. Beautiful. But like also beachside, loud as hell. And I'm like, I have to record VO right now. Um, <laughs> does anyone have like a, a microphone? Because I didn't have my travel mic. Mm-hmm. That's like not very good microphones. So I'm like, oh my God, this is like, you always want to give your best material. And you like, all right, we're going to try. And honestly, I was kind of like, you know what? I, I auditioned for this show. I remember back in the day and I had hardly watched it because I was working on a ton of things and I heard the hype and I don't, you're, maybe you're like me. If there's something that gets overly hyped, I'm like, I'll let it prove its salt when I run into it naturally. I said, you know fuck what I mean? the like, show for so many years because of that, because everybody was just like, oh, it's so great. It's so great. I'm like, oh, yeah, so you say that about everything. I was like, cool. Well, then maybe everything. I'll watch it in five years. Yeah. But, like, but uh, <laughs> in this case, uh, I was working on a few shows, but I was like, I'll get around to my hero at some point. Like, I still have only seen the first step of Demon Slayer. I feel so bad uh, every time I'm like at a convention with my buddy Zach, because I know he does really great work in that show. And I'm like, sorry, bro. I don't, you know, but I hear it's great. Um, like I, I hear good uh, things. I hear good things. I hear good things, bro. <laughs> Which is, uh, you know, but anyway, so about, uh, and again, a lot of my voice friends uh, will recognize the, the, uh, the plight I was in is I didn't have my mic. I, I had to edit on like someone else's machine. Um, it was just not fortuitous, uh, circumstances. I record, make a little pillow fort, try to drown out the sound behind me. And I'm doing, you know, Lamillion's lines. I don't know no he girls allowed. Say his name or anything. What's that? No girls allowed or girls. No, allowed? Well, I mean, like I, I, I did require, I was like, can everyone just be quiet for like 30 <laughs> minutes? I just need to like go in this room and it definitely sounds pornographic. I'm like, I just need to be alone. I just need to be left alone in this room for a little while. Don't bother me. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I went and I did a, I did the audition. Um, I was like, okay, well, at least I did it. Cause that's one thing I always think about with acting. Like you always have to swing. I did sales for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's like, you always, you miss hundred percent of the sh- you know, shots you don't take. Yes. So you should always be taking shots. Um, some people, uh, the thing I always get from students like that I teach now, they're like, oh, but what if like I'm bad and I'm blah, blah. I'm like, that's fine. Then know that you ask yourself, why am I bad? Like, you know, then you go to work, you're a craftsperson, yeah. you go to work on that. But like, you should always be sharing your work. Because I think there's nothing more encouraging to me than like meeting an actor who isn't very good, maybe right out of the gate, but then a year later, they're training, they're practicing, yes. they're getting better. Five years later, they're, they're very good. 10 years later, they're exceptional. Freaking, I got stories, dude. I have many stories, but a lot of famous folks who just like, I'm like, ha, that's amazing. Like <laughs> that consistency, dude, that yes. consistency, nothing beats just showing up every day and, and outwork the next person, man. Outwork the yep. person next to you. That's all you gotta um, do. But so back to the audition, uh, took, took my swing. I uh, didn't hear anything. I was like, oh boy, well, at least I, I did it. I tried, but then I got an email that was like, uh, the, the, the night. So like, or I'm sorry, the next night. So, uh, and it's like, I want you to read for both again, or like the, the main villain and the main hero. So I read for a few characters. Um, and the one that I thought I was going to get was, uh, was it, not Mano? it was a one B character, class one B character. Mm-hmm. That was like, whatever. I, I forget who was it right now. I was like, there's this other character who's like, he's not in either of the classes. He's like a senior um, and he's like heroic, um, very popular in Japan. And then the villain, the main villain. So I read for Overhaul and I read for Mirio. And those are the two characters I read for. Um, after I finished reading, I got a text from Colleen that was like, hey, so you're going to be this guy. You need to read the manga like ASAP. You need to catch up as fast as you can and be ready to record. And I'm like, oh, cool. And so I didn't really know how important this character was to the story. Um, I know my hero is very exciting properties. So I was like, I'm always going to do my best no matter what it is. But, um, 
again, I'm like always wary of the hype train. I'm like, what yes. is this? What is this? Um, but I tell my buddy, Matt Shipman, he plays Inasa in, uh, in my hero, the big uh, whirlwind boy. Mm -hmm. um, and he was like, dude, you're freaking Mirio. You're playing Mirio. And I was like, I don't know who that is. I don't know what this is. <laughs> and he's like, this is that character good? is fucking great. And he was just such a, like he, Matt got me so excited and a little nervous for it. Cause he's like, this character is so like heavy and awesome. I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, you know, how do you know this by the way? And it's because Japan was like, you know, they, they let us know right away how, how awesome something yes. was coming. And then we're like getting ready to receive it a few months later. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, that was the, that was the beginning. And yeah, some, I think the highest compliment I got was, was Colleen saying, you know, um, you're, you're Mirio. Like, I've, like we were yes. on a panel and she's like at New York comic-con, she's like, Rico's just is, is, is Mirio. And I'm like, I'm super flattered because I think this character is wonderful. And I, I don't know if I practice self-love in that way. I'm not like, you know, ah, oh, you're so great, Rico. Like I, I actually kind of am allergic to that, that like talking like that, Yeah. like, but more, um, to imagine that someone sees in me that kind of like that joy. Cause I do, there's some things I, I feel like I synergize with. I, I definitely fail a lot. Like, you know, Mira is like trying to permeate and he like bonks his head and stuff. I'm like, man, I do that all the time. I was doing that with weight vest. You know what I mean? Like I'm literally training. I'm, I, you have to constantly be training. Um, he, I think I'm funnier than Mirio. Mirio tells some pretty bad puns. I do not like puns. He's got some <laughs> bad dad jokes, dude. But like he, the thing is, is he loves them. Yeah. And because he loves them so much, it's like, that's the joy it brings out. Uh, <laughs> All Might's calling me. Look like, <laughs> looks like I have to, uh, to gotta go see a play on my own name. I'm like, you're such a lame-o. Uh, but it's, it's adorable. It's cute because he is just someone who is enjoying life, his friends. He loves his friends. He loves like his, his community. Um, I think the moment, the little spoilers incoming, uh, after Sir, Sir Night Eye, you know, passes, um, and Midoriya is like, man, I don't know what I would do if like, I lost my mentor, if I lost All Might, I'm sure he's wrecked. Let me go check on him. He opens the door and Mirio is doing abs. He's literally like, yes. <laughs> and he's like, oh, hey, what's up, bro? How's it going? And Midoriya's like, I don't, how are you like this? How are you happy? You know what I mean? How, and he's like, no, I, I can't, I can't slack because sir said I was going to be a great hero. And then literally like he's that mentality that like, no, no, I still have yet to, we can't sit. We can't sit and be sad. There's too much. And, and if Ari sees me sad, she's going to be sad. Yes. So I have to be a good leader. I have to be a good example. It's like, oh, this kid's heart. Right. And then Midori is like, Hey, what if I said I could give you a quirk? What if I said I could give you like my power? Would you take it? And immediately Miriam's like, nah, no, thanks. He's like, cause wait, don't, isn't your goal in life to be like number one? Like, dude, you need that. Yes. Like, why would I take that away from you? That's honestly fucking stupid, Midoriya. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> don't be weird. Okay. I know you're sad, but guess what, sir, sir, literally the guy who I believe in, who believes in me said, I'm going to be amazing. And it's not going to be through, you know, taking something from my friend. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, and don't get me wrong. Like if a friend extends their hand, there's something there about accepting help. But Midori is talking about giving, what if I give you my house? It's like, dude, <laughs> it's going to be all right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Actually, hang on. What is it? I got a thing here. I got a couple. Oh, my AC is kicking on, bro. And I'm so excited. <laughs> I can feel it. I was telling, I was saying earlier how, uh, but first off, I got this pillow. That's Mirio. so dope. Mirio pillow. Yeah, it's very cool. It's a little small. I kind of want a big, big fat one. And then look at this dope art. I always get some really cool fan art. 
Oh, that is so cool. I was like, you know, Paul. do you know who did that? We can yeah, shout yeah, them yeah. out too. Um, this is the oh shoot, I got autographed. I got this one a while ago. Okay. That's the that's the John Hancock on the bottom. Come on, rack focus. I know you can do it. Uh there we go. Yeah, that's the autograph. But I gotta look for it again. Um, I know they're like friends on my Twitch because I showed it off and like, yeah, I my uh uh it was this gal's uh, husband who did it for me. He was so sweet. He actually got me a, a copy of Chainsaw Man and he's like, I yeah. think you should be the lead character in this show. And I was like, Oh, cool. <laughs> I don't I know it's very popular, but I know nothing about it. Like I we're probably gonna dub it, obviously, but I'm like if this guy, if this guy calls it, I'm going to feel like such a weird. Anyway, anyway, don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> so there's, there's one thing I want to circle back to before we get to yes. the fans questions. And uh, it's something my son and I, I do now. Um, and it's a little throwaway scene with Mirio. And uh, it's in this past season, it's when they're all starting to train and, um, you know, Mirio comes back to pack to the school and it's the, it's the water uh yeah he's sitting, he's sitting at the top and then they rescue mirio and then he's standing up and then he's he pretending goes, to be a drowning victim he's like oh no here i go again and he's saluting as he's falling back <laughs> so at least once or twice a month my son is doing that onto the couch or he's trust yeah. falling and that's what he does he's like oh no here i go <laughs> it's just something we like to do and it's 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 like i said he's such a fun character like my my favorite character in the show and i can never pick just one so i always say i've got a student i've got a teacher and i've got a pro and the reason I pick all of these characters, because when you can see your, yourself in a character, I'm pretty sure you feel the same way. It, it feels more personal. It feels, of feels course, different. man. So Baku Goat. I always say Baku Goat because greatest of all time. You know, it's just that character just embodies like like me specifically, like the anger. But everybody only sees the anger. They don't see like how diverse that character is. They don't see like Shrek said back in the day, you know ogres are like onions right so is bakugo man you peel back this this layer and then you get a different side of this character each time like he is that 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 condescending prick however when you see his his evolution throughout the show he goes from the dude that's so full of himself right he's so narcissistic to you see how his parents interact you see how his parents talk you see how his mom talks to him and you're like oh shit this is for sure nature not nurture he is being driven just like i told you that that competitive personality with me he is the same thing right and then you see like no matter what especially in this past season where he's like i will protect you and he was like but if i can't you better be there to protect me when it's 1a versus 1b and you see that line you're like Dude, he's like, I'm gonna murder all of you. But if I can't, you guys, we got, we need the them. win. We need the yeah, dub. Yeah, yeah, we need the W here. <laughs> we need the dub. Yeah. So you see that, and then I see the character Aizawa, right, Eraserhead. And then when I first see this character as the teacher, I see him, and I'm like, dude, this is a stoner character. This is my character. This is he's got a sleeping bag. He's got a Capri Sun. His eyes are all bloodshot. He's obviously a stoner. And then you realize, like. Oh shit, he's a teacher. Oh shit, he's got this badass fucking quirk. Oh shit. You know, it's just like all these oh shit moments. And then you see somebody like an endeavor, right? For the professional, for the mm. pro, 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 uh, pro heroes. And I see so much of myself in him because it's like the dad. But as a dad, you everything you do, at least for me, at the end of the night, I, I replay. Should I have just, you know, let it go? Should I have talked a little bit more? Should I have not yelled? You know, should I have not done this? Should I have not done that? And then you see that dilemma. You see that 
he's such a like everybody sees him he's like oh he's a dick he's a horrible father but you see all of like once like i said once you start peeling back those layers and you start seeing like what is motivating him what he went through what he's going through which yeah. showed and all of these other things you start to see like oh fuck he is a flawed character and he has all of this weight on his shoulder He's got all of these eyes looking at him. He's got all of this pressure, man. And it's just like I said, this show is so perfect. These characters, so they're so they're so expertly planned and and written out and animated. And you guys just do a fucking phenomenal job. I don't have a bleep button there, but you guys do a fucking phenomenal job. Where you can't, yeah, thank you. <laughs> you can't sit there and say how great Rico is, man. But that's why us fans can say that, man, because you guys are doing a phenomenal job, man. So I appreciate what you've done, Rico, and what you're Thanks, continuing brother. to do. Thanks, dude. Do you read the manga? Uh, so here's the thing. I was just curious. What's, oh, yeah. I was just curious. I've, I've, I've actually, this is the one I'm starting to read now to Attack on Titan. We, oh, my God. Dude, okay. we went so fucking hard. So quick story. Uh, so I've got all the My Heroes back there. However, I will not read past what I've seen. My son knows exactly what's going to happen. I think. Okay. I think he's on like volume 29 or 30, somewhere around there. So he's, he's pretty deep. He, he's one of those kids that just doesn't give a shit. He just wants to know everything. Same. Oh, me too. I'm like, yeah. well, and that's the actor brain too. I want to know what's coming mm -hmm. and it doesn't, I don't feel like it colors. I mean, it actually does inform my performance uh, yeah. for the better. Um, but I'm also like, man, I want to know our Horikoshi. We have a lot of tasty stuff coming, man. It's going to be really it's good. so hard to not peek in there because I've got all of them sitting on my bookshelf right back there. So I've got them all there. And like I walk in here when I do the podcast, I just look over. I'm like, is today going to be the day that I ruin this show? Because uh -huh. <laughs> I like I, said, I, I love the show. I, I don't want to I don't want to I want to be surprised if that makes any sense. Because of I course, think, and when you're reading it, you can see a whole bunch of stuff that they just can't get into the show. And I love that aspect. It's like watching the director's cut of a DVD. Mm -hmm. um, spoiler alert, I'm old, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but uh, yeah, so digital video disc, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I started on DVD VHS. still. <laughs> I know. Well, we used to have to watch our anime on freaking like cassettes that we got from the library or had to like borrow from like even Blockbuster. Blockbuster. Oh my God. Man, guys remember Blockbuster? Blockbuster? Like you would rent these videos and like they might have a small, if you're lucky, they would have an anime section, but it was pretty rare. I got most of my, my uh, stuff from like anime from like eBay. Mm -hmm. And if I was lucky, it was like nice quality version, like from Japan. And it was always the shipping so expensive, but often it was like some pirate who like burned some CDs and then put a crappy skin on it. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but like, at least I, like I can it. know what's happening in the story. <laughs> but like, I literally bought it on Eve. So I'm like, oh, sure. I'm, I'm, this is legal. I don't know. I can afford 10 bucks. And then I get all of Ranma, Ranma one half. Let's go. Yeah. You still got your blockbuster card. I know you said you're sentimental. You still got your blockbuster card. I think I do. I have, I'm actually, I told you about like my Mr. Matthews uh, letter. I've, and my Disney stuff, I'm making like a, a scrapbook. Uh, so, oh, so cool. Trying to, man, I'm, I'm pretty sentimental, but I'm like, there's a lot of crap. Like, a lot of crap. <laughs> my wife calls it a sickness when she walks into my office. I'm like, no, it's a fandom. She's like, nah, you're you, pushing you the pretty limits. organized. I don't know what the floor's got, but I feel like you're pretty organized. <laughs> oh, the floor is just all my comic books down there, all of my trades and shit like that, and my Harry Potter stuff. And okay. I try to keep it as organized as possible. But like I said, I really appreciate you taking some time for me today. We're rotating fans' questions. We'll try mm -hmm. to get to as many as possible. And what mm -hmm. we'll do is uh, rattle off whatever comes to mind. But before we do that, we've got two things we like to do. Now, 
usually I have animators on here and you said you're a Disney fan. So you should go back. If you got the time, I know you're a busy guy. Check out some of the podcasts because I've had some of, and I'm continuing. I've just got a, I just got an email before this one from Chris Sanders. He was the father of Lilo and Stitch. He created Lilo and Stitch. Oh, He's coming I love on. love it. Yeah. Right? So, uh, you know, anywhere from Beauty and the Beast to Lion King, I've had so many of the animators and so many of the voice actors on from that era. So I think you'd dig it if you, if you got some time to check it out. Sure. Um, but two questions before we get to the fans questions, man. So usually what we do is we do um, an animation recommendation and we do uh, books, right? So usually with okay. the books, because there's so many animators and writers that listen to the show, they're breaking into the industry or in the industry. So mm-hmm. it's nice to give some advice or point some people in the right direction. But since you're a voice actor, man, or an actor, excuse me, uh, and since you're such a fan of this anime, if there's two books out there that you love as far as anime goes, what are two ones that you've read or reading that you would recommend? Uh, there's literally one called the soul of anime, mm-hmm. uh, that I'm nearing completion on. And I kind of don't want to finish it because it's so, I have to keep going back. I have to keep going back and rereading like chapters because, uh, it talks about, you know, conventions. I've been doing a bunch of conventions recently and it talks about fandom. It talks about, you know, the origins of animation, how, uh, you know, it became so prolific for us, you know, like when we were younger and then now that it's so popularized, it's. And, try, and kind of like speculating where it's headed, but like why it's so popular. Um, really enjoy it. One of the, my favorite small thing from, from Soul of Anime is uh, talks about how in communities, uh, if you're wearing a Demon Slayer shirt and I'm wearing a Demon Slayer shirt and we're at a convention or I'm dressed like a character and you're dressed like the other character, uh, or like if it's my hero, you're dressed like Mirio and I'm dressed like Tamaki and we don't know each other, but we're walking and we see each like, other. Hey! It's immediate yes. community friendship camaraderie and possibly quite possibly uh, like a lifelong friendship yes it is incredible like the things that can happen at conventions because of the narratives that are shared and there's a, such a, a a vast um you know as you guys know like spread of, of of content out there so like if someone's wearing a very specific cosplay and someone goes oh my god you're this character from this show like i've seen it i've seen it happen so many times people are just like wanting to share this connection with with story um but it's very it's immediate you can identify it you know ocularly usually if we're on the bus you know yeah headed to middle school i'm like dude you see ninja scroll oh my god (laughs) crazy you see to side tear that guy's arms off you know like we could talk about that you know what i mean but like people around us would be like what is this um but at the end of uh, this book talks about conventions and how important it is for like a fan base to be involved where we like inject ourselves into the story. And you said it yourself. You were like, when we see ourselves in the character, like when we see ourselves in the story, you'd like, come on. Um, so soul of anime is one specifically for, for anime um, that I think is very helpful. Um, of like kind of understanding uh, some nuts and bolts of the industry and like uh, where it might be headed, which is exciting. Um, Man, I like anime wise, and this is just my all time favorite anime is Ghost in the Shell. Mm-hmm. Um, I will buy like I love the art style. I love the, the cyberpunk aesthetic. I love the the philosophy of that. We are not, you know, what we seem kind of deal. Yes. You know, it's the, the thing inside that, that actually makes us who we are um, and machines. And I love tech. So it's like it's everything um, that for me, if you don't know Ghost in the Shell, I'm sure you do. But like y'all that's one of my all-time faves like i have art books of ghost in the shell Mm. i have um it's one of the few series that i'm like enchanted by like enchanted like i'll see something and i'll be drawn to it if we're in the bookstore and i watch a lot of anime you guys as you know 
I love Shampoo. I love Bebop. I love, you know, obviously my hero, Demon Slayer. I'm excited to get into JJK. I love like, but nothing stops me dead in my tracks than like a really cool, you know, picture of major or like an art book or uh, even just someone who wrote a paper on it. Like I want to know more about that world and, and what it is. So um, that's more of a general recommendation, I guess, uh, would be Ghost, the Ghost in the Shell series, mm. I think is just delightful to think about. And again, being a, a mixed, mixed race, uh, second generation American, um, I think it's important that you, you don't adhere too much to what identity people grant you. Yes. They say, you know, what are you? And you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, construction worker. It's like, okay, well, so you identify with vocation. No, no. When I say, what are you? Uh, I don't know, whatever. Uh, Buddhist, like, you know, it's like, no, no, not your religion. What are you? It's like, holy yes. crap. What identity, like you get to determine that. Um, and I think that's something that, yeah, nowadays I think is becoming more, more of a, a, a topic, which I think is good because it's good to talk about things. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Ghost in the Shell is terrific. Really good. Um, yeah. Those are like anime, like geared recommendations. What was the other one you said? Oh, that you, you named the uh, you knocked off the the two, so it was the two. Okay, books. great, great, great. Um, but the the last one before we get to the fans' question, this one's always fun uh, because it's the animation recommendation, um, and that's where you guys get to say, "Hey, man, uh, who do you think that would have a great time on this show? Who should we reach out to from the What's in My Head podcast? Who do you think would have a fun time coming on this show? Who would you recommend?" Oh gosh. Um, well, I immediately think of because of the context of all our all our Mirio chat is uh, Kellen Goff who plays Overhaul. Mm -hmm. um, beautiful human being. Love this guy. Um, he's like hard on his sleeve. We'll just tell you tells it like it is. Terribly funny. Uh, just like a great spirit. A lot of heart. Um, wild that he constantly plays bad guys. Like that always mm -hmm. trips me out. But he's he has an incredible voice. Mm -hmm. um like the dexterity of his voice um i think he's one of the few people uh, because i told you i worked at the parks at disneyland he worked over at universal and was one of mm -hmm. the few actors who played both megatron and optimus oh that's um, so dope yeah he and he would just that was like his day job he would just do that constantly doing voices and then you know go home and audition and i'm like man bro you you got to be tired like he has to be because you are it's work, bro. I know it's yes. behind a mic, but like you are on and you are, especially Megatron, who's like, you know, you're, you're razzing all the dads yes. or like, what is it? I forget what he said whenever he'd see someone with like a very shiny ball, like a uh, bald head, he'd be like, ah, uh -uh, my weakness, like reflecting light off of the head. And he would just like, but it's all Kellen. He's just improv yes. and it's amazing. It's like, he's roasting everyone as Optimus or as, as Megatron, maybe as Optimus too, but <laughs> Autobots. <laughs> let's get going <laughs> we uh I, we live out here in orlando so we uh we go to universal yes. any chance harry we get. potter world dude i'm not even a potterhead dude and i had a great time i saw the wand ceremony i was gonna weep because this little girl got got the wand and she was like just i love it man i absolutely adore it she's just like enthralled yeah i, I granted i did wish i got picked still but but it's did, <laughs> did you want did you want to mush that kid out of the way give it a wand no, I was clearly the tallest. Like, I'm like, everyone's right here. And I'm just kind of like, I will fuck up every kid here to get this wand. I want to be next. <laughs> the Dark Lord says he wants to be the next. The Dark Lord, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So uh, th thank you for, for this chat and this conversation. It's been really fun, man. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, nice. hopefully you've enjoyed the, uh, the 100th episode here. So. Uh, we'll get into as many as we can. First thought comes off to mind. All right. So Brad went, uh, Brad window wants to know, would love to hear if he had a voice worked out for overhaul or not before he got the part of a million and what it sounded like if he did, 
I've heard him talking about how he was originally going to be overhauled, but I don't remember hearing anything about the actual voice and character he was going to put into it. Did you have one that you had, uh, you might have wanted yeah, to tough. use? I think, man, I bet I could look through the emails and see what I got for direction because it's hard. Like you only have what's given to you and there's no picture. There's no reference. Uh, there's no other voice actor. There's, you know, like sometimes we hear who the say you is. So like if um, I'm working on Zombieland Saga and I was told when I worked on that show that uh, the say you was uh, Miyano Mamoru, who's a very, very famous uh, actor, uh, say you in Japan. Uh, I worked on a few of his roles or like his, I've been his American counterpart, English counterpart. I recognize his energy, his flow, his cadence, his rhythm. I might guess at how, how he might approach it, but that's less important. It's more about like where vocally I feel like this character can live. Yes. Um, there's, there's a, obviously for villains, like, you know, I, I, I think I had two lines. It's like, you know, menacing leader of uh, Yakuza. So, you know, I imagine all tattooed up is even though you don't see Overhaul's body, like I imagine he had all the Yakuza tattoos, um, very quiet, you know, cold, calculating, uh, wears a mask. And so I thought like Bane, I was thinking like, oh, you know, but this kind of thing. But he, uh, it told you about his theology that he, he thinks that quirks are, are a disease. Yes. So just like that, that um, the disdain for like someone like All Might or someone, but uh, like... Um, I think they mentioned that he also has a quirk, which I was like, is there self-loathing in there? Is there something in here where he's like, really though? Like, and that's important. These yeah. are things to like, imagine meeting someone like some, some, you know, kick ass villain who also was like, I also, when I'm done killing all of you, I'm going to take myself out. Yeah. Like there's a weird sense of like, I'm going to do like the, the determination behind it all. And, and overhaul is very determined. And as you learn, it's, it's for his family, but we didn't get that. We didn't get in the breakdown he's doing this for his yakuza like family mm -hmm. it was that it seemed you had to make a choice i mean like i think it might have been in there like a hint but sadly you have to make a choice uh like and it might be the wrong one but as actors that is the job you you make a bold choice you go for it and then based on the information the director helps you from there if you got the job but um for me i went with the absolute especially because what i'd seen of my hero uh quirks you know with hero killer stain uh, especially the way that like, you know, one for all is, um, the power to give mm -hmm. and, and all for one is the power to take the two things we do in life, uh, mm. that we must do to live, um, give and take, uh, it is, I thought like, yes, what if there's someone who's like, this is absurd The all of this, all of this is going to destroy us. So I'm yes. going to be the savior. It's a self-righteous person who no, not feels he's right. He is right. He knows he's right. And in some ways he kind of is, but like, uh, which is scary when you imagine it, but that's the bit. thing is that that's why it's terrifying is because he's like, I'm, I'm a doctor. And I imagine like with the plague mask, the doctor mask, maybe there's something very clinical, very surgical about the way he works. So I tried to make it, you know, this, you know, mask kind of voice and maybe his voice, like his voice was destroyed and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, um, which as you heard Kellen, it's funny because he's got just that lovely, the morale sick. And he, yes. I think he, who did he, he said he credited, there was someone that he was like, I kind of tried to do a, oh gosh, why am I thinking, I'm blanking on his name. Very, very great, great uh, uh, actor, a uh, voice actor, um, Bloom, Steve Bloom. Oh, okay. um, he was like, he's like, I, I tried to emulate this one thing that he did. And then I kind of added my own style. So I know Kellen kind of, he's a different kind of chef. He'll go like, I want the vocal quality of this and a little bit of that. Yeah. And then I'll kind of like, you know, add in the context for me. It's like, I get, I get activated by words like, you know, um, 
you know, he's sadistic or he is clinical, he's calculating. He's like, these things are the way that, you know, this character treats language. I think I made him a little more sharp rather yeah. than as like, sort of just, come on, Aries. The way that like, there was a, a slide, a relaxation, cool slide, like literally with the coat, it makes sense or overhaul, like got this feather boa coat uh, that I think was really slick and it worked out in, in, uh, in Kellen's favor. But yeah, man, just so you guys know, like we never, we only get a couple of lines of description and we kind of just make a bold choice. And sometimes we get lucky. Other times a director will be like, I know what he's going for. He's close. He'll work. I'll direct him later. Um, but yeah, sorry. That was probably a long answer to a, a short oh, question. Oh man. I, I like it when you guys can go a little bit in depth. Um, Dazzling Sunshine 56 wants to know. Uh, I love Roland, the case study of, I'm probably going to pronounce this. Bonitas. Thank you. I'm so glad. I'm so you. glad you're there. Right. And Mirio with a burning passion. I'm rooting for those characters and you to keep being a sunshine. My question is how you, uh, how do you relate to Roland and Mirio? Uh, well, I relate to Mirio in that, uh, I, I also want to see like the best in others. And I think, uh, yeah, you can, you should never, you should never say never, never quit. You know what I mean? Because, uh, no quirk, no problem. You know what I mean? Kind of, you're just Absolutely. like, you got to be clear about what you, what you want in this life and keep moving toward it. And you would be, you'll, you will surprise yourself at how, how incredible things can be. And on top of that, like, you know, if you got, it doesn't hurt. Cause on those kind of journeys, that's where you meet some of the coolest friends and the best colleagues. And like, it's just, yeah, good life. I think is, is what like Mirio is going for. Um, you live, you live your, live your, um, your best values. Life. Yeah. yeah like you know what i mean anyway okay so <laughs> i think that's a very yeah you know what i'm saying uh like uh, <laughs> so i guess that's that's how i relate to mirio in that it's like you know there's that that really like positive drive um because that's just the way you see the world um and then also for roland they're kind of similar someone have, have called some people have called roland uh like father mirio because he's got a priest collar and yeah. this freaking crazy <laughs> you know ivy blade like from soul caliber um that he uses but uh I relate to Roland. He's more paternal. The relationships that Mirio has, I know Mirio with Ari, he, it feels very uh, fraternal. Like he's a brother, maybe big brother yeah, big figure. Brother. Yeah. Not quite father. Oh, people always say like it's Aizawa, but like it's kind of there. He, he cares. And it is one where, you know, he is definitely a protector. But Roland, um, because he is so faithful in his religion, he loves God. That boy loves God. And he loves, uh, he loves vampires apparently now. <laughs> no spoilers. But like there is uh, his appreciation and clarity of, again, like uh, there's something similar between them and that is how they see the world. Uh, they do believe that life is precious and valuable like Roland does, especially even these vampires who are, are, are supposed to, he's a vampire hunter, you guys. Yeah. He's supposed to be killing these fools. Um, but when he realizes, wait, not all of them are bad. Oh my goodness. Like, I'm so excited. Like, do you realize we could be friends? Like he, he is, he just wants to see the world as this beautiful place where good things can happen. And especially if there's something that's like dirty, bad, and sad, he's like, I know you actually love God. Like that's totally Roland is like constant. He's, he's like, he's like that one friend who's always trying to take you to church. Always trying to, you're like, bro, I'm good. I don't, he's like, I'll buy you breakfast or, you know, like, I don't know. All right, well. <laughs> like, you got you know me here. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Like, but he's, he's, his, his intentions are so pure, um, which is really sweet. Um, but also he is, he, I think is very, uh, more 
he's innocent and more paternal, I think. And I guess in that way, in my life, as I get older with my nephews, that's how I, 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 um, I think align with Roland is the, the caretaker vibe of wanting to lead by example, mm-hmm. obviously like you be very graceful in your words, because you never know if you, if you say one thing, little ears are listening and yes. they will pick up on it. So that is something I feel like I synergize with Roland is uh, being very careful with your language. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, Cameron M wants to know um, if you were given $1 million to donate anonymously to a charity or a stranger, how would you dispose of it? Dispose. Oh, come on, man. I would dispose of a million dollars. Um, I'm never, it's never been about the money for me, uh, like personally. So I'm not going to try to be like, let me find a way for me to get this. But if I could somehow just give and a million dollars, sadly guys, isn't like a whole lot of money. Like if I gave it to cancer research, like that's great. But it's like, man, we need a lot. You know what I mean? Like, let's keep on working toward that. Yeah. Um, I guess, jeez, ah, I would think I would give it to someone who, um, rather than an organization, because sometimes that gets like, well, like sent a myriad of different ways. I would find maybe like someone who, who has a lot of promise, almost like a scholarship, like a younger person who um, wants to work in the field of like, advanced sciences, you know, and be like, all right, here, this is for, for you. And I would say like, you know, go to school, educate yourself, take care of your family, feel comfortable. Cause one thing I know growing up for me and my military family was, you know, we never had a lot of money and it was always this sense of like the bottom could fall out this <laughs> month. You know what I mean? And when you, what I realize as I get older and I, you know, start to take care of my own finances and, um, work outside of that a bit, it's like, man, when you're always behind the eight ball, your actions are, are, uh, they feel like you're always in check. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're almost predetermined. It's hard. It's hard to take any risks and going to school shouldn't be a risk, but it is a risk for people that sh- need to be making money. Yes. You know what I mean? So I think I would like for it to be for someone who could study a younger person who could study, who maybe doesn't have the resources to, to do that. And additionally, like at least take care of their family, take care of their means. So that sense of like obligation can be like gone. And then maybe if possible, like once that's taken care of, that money can then like piggyback onto another person. And if they want to contribute, like maybe a, forward. a scholarship that just keeps kind of going. And if someone drains it, then, you know, Hey, we did it. It did its job. But I think I'm definitely of the opinion. Um, and my partner hope she's a, she works with a group called sunrise, like all sustainability and like, you know, uh, equal rights, a bunch of great stuff. Um, and like, it's like macro. It's like mm-hmm. so many things. I'm like, man, that's so much. And it's great because it's like trying to make so much change. Uh, I, I maybe just because my ADD is strong, I like to keep focused on maybe like one yes. person, one thing, and just kind of like water that plant as best as I can. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm happy to do more than that, but I, I feel like a lot of great change usually starts and happens with, with just these small steps. Um, or one, a million dollars isn't small, but like a million dollars to one person that's that's empowering and that is something that we can track and grow and hopefully that that person will then you know pay it forward yeah so a million dollars and a million man <laughs> right in itself you see what we did i know you said it didn't like puns but they were there um i figure i can't avoid them <laughs> you really can't yeah <sighs> Uh, outside the vodka Hayes wants to know outside of the of million, who is your favorite, my hero academia character and fleet foxes jumped in before anybody else could, uh, and said, and why is it Mineta? 
So who is <laughs> who is your favorite My Hero uh, Academia character? My That's favorite, not Lemillion. Yeah, my favorite character is uh, it used to be Froppy, but is a uh, Mirko, the bunny hero. Yeah, she uh, I know you don't read the manga, and you're gonna see more of her soon. She got a lot of grit, and I love people with grit. Yeah. Um, and she's feisty. She's almost like some people say she's like a female Bakugo, but I'm not. Sorry, I'm not the biggest Bakugo fan. If your power is sweat, I'm like, that's cool, dude. You get sweaty. That's nice. Anyway, no. You woke it's... up this morning and chose violence. Really. <laughs> no, it's all good. Like literally my, one of my closest friends, Cliff Chapin plays Bakugo. Yeah. And I'm like, is this his character? Art? I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where he grows and goes, obviously. But I think my thing for is like, I think the reason why uh, Bakugo is always angry is because he needs to keep his sweat going. If he's not always afraid, which he is, I think all the time. Oh yeah. That's why he's like always pissed is so he can keep the sweat coming. Because mm -hmm. if he's always angry, he always has that power available. But if at any point he becomes cool and calm, it goes away. So he has to be ramped up all the time. I think. Um, You're so that's fucking his... smart, dude. You're so fucking like all these analytical breakdowns of these characters. I'm just sitting here. I'm like, dude, I just smoke a joint and I watch this shit and I enjoy it. And I never think about this stuff. And you start like, Jesus Christ, all this is making sense, Rico. Oh, dude, I think he's scared. Like Bakugo is the most scared of them all the time. All, he's very clear. He's very tactical. He's, he's a smart guy. But I think like he doesn't want to fail. He doesn't want to lose. He doesn't want to like, like all these things that he doesn't want. It's a person that works. Uh, anyway, I, I can go on and on. But this isn't, this is not the, the Bakugo. I'll let it when you interview Cliff, you can talk about it. But uh <laughs> Mirko, Mirko the bunny hero. I'll say that much. No spoilers for those of you that read the manga. You know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. And then why is it Mineta? Well, it's because Brina Palencia plays Mineta, who's the the person who got me my first audition over at Funimation. Now Crunchyroll. We were on set of a movie called All the Wrong Friends, which you can watch on Amazon. The B horror movie that took ten years to produce because it was you know money and time. Uh, I personally, we improv a lot of the scripts. It's not very good. My bad. Um, but like. Um, <laughs> Uh, a lot of, a lot of fun shirty offy moments. Uh, a lot of, uh, Brina does an excellent job. Brina's fantastic in that movie. Um, but we met on that set. Like met, I'm sorry. We played guitar and hung out on that set. She's like, did you want to maybe go audition? I didn't realize you could sing and you have a voice. I was like, thanks. And that was the beginning of a long anime journey that started. If you want to imagine in your head canon, uh, Manetta and Mirio hanging out at 3 AM outside of this cabin, like playing guitar, thinking about balls. <laughs> The soul of anime live and in color right now, man. Uh, so the last question. So I figured we'd end it with uh, my son's question. Yeah. Um, he doesn't, uh, I don't want to say you should feel honored to answer this one because he doesn't write in ever, <laughs> ever. Like I could have his favorite because he's like, no, nah, man. That's I why this is him. the hundredth episode. Yeah. Get I was kid, so, kid on here. Yeah. So this is the first, I think this might, no, actually he did one other episode. And I think it was like episode nine. I get to talk to Kevin Eastman, the co-creator of Ninja Turtles huge ninja yes. turtle fan i mean i got him all over my arm yes all over my body so he actually wrote in and his his spelling was atrocious um so <laughs> this one's gotten a little bit better but his uh he needs to work on his grammar a little bit um so he said See, this is why he doesn't write in bro because literally you're like <laughs> man look at this what is this <laughs> you know i'm I'm of the mindset where everybody can grow, everybody can be better, and uh, he needs to stay in school for sure. I think you I said gotta that. Be careful, man. He's got that brown belt. They're gonna teach him the dim mock, so you got to put a little metal plate right here, so he doesn't dim mock you. <laughs> <laughs> 
when he first started, yeah. I would have, I was on like how Bakugo was scared. I was on pins and needles walking down this. We have a two story house. So I'm walking down the stairs and I'm looking over. And I'm like, man, his bedroom door's open. So I peek in there. I'm like, oh shit, he's not in. What the fuck, dude? It's, it's, it's a Tuesday during school. Why the fuck is he up at 630 in the morning? What, what's right. going on? This kid sleeps in. I was like, he fell asleep watching TV. So I go down there. I'm trying to sneak up on him and he's waiting on the other side of the, uh, of the wall and shit. And uh-huh. he fucking hits me with the hardest cleanest and anything is hard and clean. If you're not expecting it, oh, well, yeah. Ooh. Dude, it caught me in the fucking liver. And I'm not, I know, oh. sold, I know sold this shit. Right. I'm like, I didn't hurt pussy. So I go to chase him and I'm like, Oh, oh I'm start uh, peeing blood. I'm, <laughs> Like, you got me. I was like, I was like, I'm late for work and I'm going to try not to shit my pants on the way. Oh, <laughs> no, dude. He gave you the, the poop kick. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. he, he got me. He got me pretty good. And I'm like, this son of a bitch. He's like, I'll never get me again. So I've been training to beat my son for the last two or three years. Oh my God. Um, wow. Yeah, this but- is an anime. This is an anime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he says, how does it feel to be, uh, I'm pretty sure he's meant to say on, uh, but how does it feel to be on one of the biggest and fastest growing shows probably ever? How does it feel? I don't even know, man. And I'm pretending like I'm talking directly to your kid. Cause how old is he again? 12. Oh, it's the same age as my nephews getting crazy. Um, it's wild, dude. It's wild. Like, uh, uh, growing up, like when I was your age, I was watching anime and it was a big part of my life. And like, big ones for me at the time were like Evangelion, Cowboy Bebop, like these shows that like um, were really a big deal, but like we couldn't talk about it with your friends mm-hmm. at school because it was super nerdy. Oh, and like, yeah. I mean, bad dude, like you couldn't. And also like people thought it was like the devil or something. <laughs> anyway, a lot of reasons. Like why we weren't able to 80s, talk yeah. yeah. Magic the Gathering. I'm yeah. like, <sighs> makes me filled with rage because I had cards that worth like literally hundreds of thousands of dollars now. And uh, because the, de- the devil didn't want me to have money. They want me to have that <laughs> million dollars. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I'm very humbled, I'll say, because uh, I do very much love anime, the medium of anime and video games. And I work a lot on them. I'm not sure it's any surprise necessarily because I do have a lot of experience, man. And, you know, things grow where attention goes. So like anything you give energy to usually is the thing that flowers, right? So I'm not surprised that I, I, I was able to like continue in a career with this field, um, like as a part of acting, but man, it's, it's, it's constantly every, every day, every time I go to convention, I meet people who are affected by the show who like love Mirio or this love parts of the show or like, you know, scared for certain characters survival, you know, wondering what's going to happen next. Like, I'm already sad that Horikoshi's like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be over. And you're like, what for real? There's so many people. There's so many things I want to know. Um, but yeah, man, all, all I have in my heart is just um, humility, gratitude, a lot of joy to be able to share it with people in this way. Because I would like it anyways, you know what I mean? I'd be talking about it. But to be, uh, to be involved in this very core way, it feels like uh, to probably like give uh, a metaphor your dad would appreciate, which would be like, you know, being on a team, a winning uh, basketball team that like won the championships. It's like, listen, I'm playing a part. Like I didn't hit all the shots, but like we did, we are winning and that's dope. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah so there's uh we're gonna end it right here man but one of my favorite things i've ever heard uh, and i think it was by the late great kobe bryant a very big inspiration on why i started this uh started this podcast it was to give folks their flowers um and that's what we do here man we give you guys your flowers because you never know and it's going to be morbid for a second but you never know 
I mean, it could be the last time I walk home. I walk out of this oh, house. Oh yeah, I think know? About so all it's time. it goes by like that, man. Yep. And uh, like I said, the reason I do this is because of a story like that or a story like my father-in-law. Man, he's happy, healthy one second, and then fucking three weeks later, man, he's gone. Right? Dude, it was I, just I, fleeting. I don't tell people this typically because I do feel it's a little wild but you did say kobe and uh when i was at disney i worked i was good friends with tigger Mm -hmm. and at one point someone whispers in my ear like rico 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 kobe bryant's here yeah kobe bryant's here and uh tigger doesn't have the best visibility just so you know you can see (laughs) out of his nose and his whiskers and it's really hard and on a hot southern california day it's really tough anyway there's a picture of tigger um and all i can hear is this tall gentleman uh, Kobe Bryant say, yeah, my daughter loves Tigger and his daughter. Then they both passed in the helicopter. She was small at the yeah. time. She, she sat in my lap, uh, Tigger's lap. And we took a picture, man. And I was like, and then when it happened, obviously it went in the news, when they, the crash happened, I would like, it, like, it was just jarring to me. Cause I was like, I, I had, I was holding her, you know what I mean? As a, as a little kiddo. And then yeah. he was there too. And I was so like, just starstruck. And like you said, man, life goes by like wildly fast same thing like night eye mirio you know it happens in a blink if you're fortunate enough to 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 be able to say goodbye to your loved ones like what a what an honor that is in the way that mirio got to say goodbye to night eye but more often than not it is something like you just mentioned like you're yeah you know a little bit of smoke and all of a sudden your your helicopter is going down um and there it is but that's why i'm very grateful uh for you putting on things like this where you get to chat and reminisce and hopefully folks can you know, reflect on us for a bit and hear us being nerds, which is delightful. Yeah. Oh, it, it really is, man. And that, that story with Kobe, man, is like, uh, there's no I in team, but there's an Emmy in that motherfucker. And I absolutely ah. love that shit. Like I, said, I love, I love that personality, man. Kobe, rest in peace. Gigi, rest in peace. Everybody that died in that helicopter that fateful day, man, rest in peace. Uh, there's no other way we can end this man than he's been Rico. I've been Julian. Ah, fuck. I fucked that one up, Rico. Wait, Rico, where can they go and find you if they want to say, Rico, I love what I you I don't want to say anymore. You fucked it up. You <laughs> fuck, you fuck that shit up. All the way up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it's just, it's really easy, guys. It's just my name, Rico Fajardo, R I C C O Fajardo, F A J A R D O. That's Twitter. That's uh, Twitter, whatever, Instagram. TikTok. I have like one video on there. I do music on there if you guys want, like, I play music and take requests sometimes if you're on tiktok instagram it's mostly cat videos and convention announcements announcements twitter it's like just like you know posting and cat videos that's all i do but i'm uh i am an actor i used to teach if you guys have acting questions um i am happy to chat about it um or convention recommendations let me know i do stream on twitch it's also rico fajardo pretty uh haven't been streaming as much but i have a really good community on there of some really supportive cool people that i just it feels like we're sitting on one massive couch playing a video game together. And that's my favorite. One of my happy places is sitting, sitting gaming with, with friends and family. So uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, no problem, man. Now I'm going to unfuck what I fucked up earlier. <laughs> it's an unfucking, it's the snap of Thanos. Uh, so he's been Rico. I've been Julian. This has been a What's in My Head podcast. And this has been another piece of your childhood. Good night. Peace. My guest next week is the father of Lilo and Stitch, as well as the voice of Stitch, Mr. Chris Sanders. Enjoy the teaser. We didn't intend for Stitch to really speak. We thought he's going to be Jumbo. We're going to go through the whole film and he will just be pantomime. And so as the film 
developed. And as the story developed, it became obvious that he was going to have to say a few things. And then later on, it became obvious he was going to have to say a couple very important things. Mm -hmm. So um, as I pitched my boards, I would just assign it this voice, which I would, it's a voice that I used to, you know, annoy people at the studio. And I'd call them on the phone and go, hello, 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 how are you doing? What are you doing? Um, so I called him up and used that voice and stuff like that. And Dean said, my co-director, uh, co-director, co-writer, um, said, Dean DeBlois, by the way, let's, <laughs> Dean DeBlois is 50% of the directing and the writing on this, on this project. And uh, he said, well, why don't we just use that voice? It works. So I started uh, recording the voice and, and we would drop it into the reels and stuff like that. Um, we wanted to avoid hiring like a real actor mm -hmm. the fear was and it was a it's a it's a legitimate fear is that if you hired somebody like you know robert redford to come in um and do like 18 words that eventually the studio would turn around and go what are you doing give him yeah. a bigger role you know and that the studio would push back and go he needs more words he, he needs a bigger role and then that would start to throw the story and the characters off balance the idea of having somebody who's a nobody like me do the voice works really well because no one is going to ask for more of me so i get to do just as much as we need and no more <laughs>